I don't know. You want to? Uh, what the fuck do we have to say about this song? So this is this this is part two of the uh, the shit rock series. band that was like palatable grunge right yeah like they existed in this weird space that was like them and like collective soul and toad the wet sprocket and shit like that it was like you 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 like grunge but you don't want to get as loud as as nirvana and pearl jam were yeah I, i i think there's this uh you know the way People who go to see, say, a grunge band or like a metal band or even a punk band or just some genre of rock that they is like slightly more aggressive than mm-hmm. what they're into, usually like, oh, what'd you think? They're like, it was loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if a person says that, then they probably like this band. It's yeah, like, I exactly. This band was on radio stations that played Nirvana, but they were also on radio stations that played like fucking Hootie and the Blowfish. Yep. And this is this is another band in that you know replacements Paul Westerberg worship. Right. As... It was like we're gonna make replacements music, but then we're gonna sing like Kurt Cobain. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's that I, I you know, Soul Asylum. I'm not sure of their real origins because I don't particularly care about them. <laughs> right, I didn't reason. didn't bother to look it up. <laughs> um, what am I doing we, a podcast about them? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna learn anything about them. <laughs> um, they're from Minnesota. Oh, okay. Um, so like they're not a. I, I, so I think there's this there's this thing that starts happening as grunge gets really big, and this happens with every genre. Like as every genre gets really big, the record labels go out searching for the next big thing. Yes. Whether so in this case they're looking for the next Nirvana. Right. But they're like also like maybe we can make it a little more radio friendly. Exactly. Maybe we can. You know, do maybe we can bullshit it up a little bit, right? And the replacements were from Minneapolis, and mm-hmm. um, and Husker Du was from Minneapolis, and so I think that yep. it was like this is a band that is like we have some lineage there, but we're also like unafraid to be adult contemporary adjacent. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. it was, and and I as you know, Soul Asylum didn't have any other hits but this one, right? And maybe a couple. I think they had a song called um, like misery or something like that you know what I'm yeah talking about? i think this is like i think this is the the far and away like their biggest hit and because they had um their bass player well he didn't die until like the the mid-2000s but they had they were a band that had like a lot of <laughs> but he like, was on his way out <laughs> yeah well they had a lot of like lineup changes and okay. stuff like that like just people coming back and forth. Um, it's, I, I, it was a real been... asylum of band members just, you know, <laughs> checking in, checking out. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, they're the guy that, the, the, so Dave Perner, who became the singer and the singer on this song and was their originally their drummer and then he became the lead man for this band i think the only member of the band that is that stayed through the whole 
he is the band essentially he is the band he is soul asylum yeah. at this point his, dave soul asylum is his name <laughs> dave soul asylum <laughs> yeah so they're they're just a band that had one hit and got out there i think chasing the grunge sound because you know they from what i understand is they were a band for a while like they started in the 80s and right. then got their one hit like 10 years after they were a band. Right. You know, just kind of chasing that grunge sound. Yep. And but, this uh, is, so this was 1993? Yeah, 93. So we're still in our early, early, our early 90s. phase yeah. of, of shit rock. <laughs> this is the, the genesis of shit rock right here. Yeah, and I think this song dives w- much further into it. It starts starts taking us. This is, you know, we we started it with There You Are, and now we're getting on Runaway Train, and arguably a Runaway Train towards inoffensive, bland rock and roll. Yep. So let's dive. You ready let's to dive? dive? Yeah, let's do this. Call you up in the middle of the night like a firefly without a light. You were there like a blowtorch burning. I was a key that could use a little turning. And this is just, he just hits you with like, he's like, you, you want some fucking metaphors? You want some similes? I got some fucking similes for you guys. None of them yeah. make any sense. I guess they, None I mean, them... they make sense, but they're just like so bland, right? Like, well, it's I'm like, a firefly they're... without a light. I'm a yeah. scorpion without a stinger. I'm a spider with no ability to make a web. Like, it's like, okay, we get it. You're an insect, and you don't have the thing that makes the insect unique. Yeah, and um, not all fireflies, like, have lights. <laughs> you know, just throwing out a little bit of entomological knowledge. Yeah, I love, I love the that the entomologist is going to come on and be like, oh, a fly- firefly without a light? Well, uh, actually. That, like, actually, that's totally normal. That's, like, the one way I'm going to nerd out and let be, like, be one of those, well, actually guys yeah oh a firefly without a light you mean a fly yeah you were a fly <laughs> and, but yeah it's like okay firefly without a light i get it i was a key that could use a little turn in so that to me is like okay you somebody got drunk and left their keys in their door but still locked it behind them right so like, like, oh, well, if you just turn it you can get in jiggle the key a little bit well i yeah. i think if you think through this the firefly simile right in conjunction with the blowtorch simile, right? Like, you you already get what the dynamic is, that this is a terrible idea. I was a firefly without a light, and you were a blowtorch. Like, that is not gonna work. <laughs> you can't yeah. just, like, light up a firefly with a blowtorch. You're just gonna which kill is, the firefly. Which, which is, is crazy. <laughs> what's so gonna crazy. happen in this song? Yeah. Which is so crazy, yeah, because then he goes, I was a key that could use a little turning. Like, that makes sense. It's like, oh, hey, I could just use a little bit of help. But no, you're coming in here with a blowtorch, right. and this is going to get wild yeah. Also, by fast. the way, you know, in, in keeping with our themes, uh, our shit rock themes, this is a classic toxic masculinity thing where he's the key, right? So, like, I <laughs> yeah. have all this potential that, that I just need the right person to come along and unlock it. It's never... Yep. I'm a person that can unlock your potential, right? It's never that. It's always I'm the protagonist of this story and you're the helper. Exactly. You have you, you need to come in and fix me. Yeah. You were like a blowtorch burning is an early manifestation of you were a manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, you've got to come in here and fix. Except the thing is, like the the like the that manic pixie dream girl, as we talked about in the last episode, it's like it's usually brings somebody out of their shell. It's like this dude does not need to be brought out of his shell. Like he is, like, right? He's just sad, <laughs> ar- you know, depressed artist dude. Yeah. Um, that was, you know, so tired that he couldn't even sleep. So tired I couldn't even sleep. So many secrets I couldn't keep. Promised myself I wouldn't weep. One more promise I couldn't keep. So we have s- sleep, keep, weep, and then keep again. <laughs> another, <laughs> another, another... His rhyme schemes are the worst, most, like, obnoxious thing on the planet. Because he, he yeah. never, like, it always, he, he fits it as a perfect rhyme, but it always is, like, just so out of place. Like, yeah. it's, he's very clearly constructing everything backwards to fit the rhyme. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and the and the worst thing is, it's like he's using couldn't three times in a row. Couldn't, couldn't, wouldn't, couldn't. Right? Like, yeah. I, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't keep the secrets. I promised myself I wouldn't weep, but I couldn't keep that promise. Yeah. I mean, even if you would have changed it up a little bit, like couldn't, wouldn't, shouldn't. Like, all right. Yeah. I see what you're doing there. Like, it's a little bit more interesting, but no. Or I, I would argue that. if if all four of them were couldn't, it would be better. Yeah. Right? Couldn't sleep, couldn't keep, couldn't weep, couldn't... And then do do another thing. Yeah, another couldn't, yeah. Yeah. Then keep it nice and and consistent. Yeah. And that would be potentially way more interesting there as a lyric. But no, what we have is... No. Dave Soul Asylum. (laughs) Dave Soul Asylum. He's going to run roughshod over this. So this dude is severely depressed, right? He's so tired he can't sleep, which is like a classic sort of depression Mm -hmm. thing. And then he's like, he's getting mad at himself that he, you know, that he's crying. So there's another like, you know, toxic masculinity thing like, oh, toughen up kind of thing. Right. Yep. Can't cry. Can't show my emotion. But then he's yep. like, I actually am crying. I can't even I can't even not cry. Yeah. I can't not not sleep and I can't not not cry or something. Yep. So and he's then, a broken man and he's putting his faith in a woman to fix him. Right. And he's, exactly. And then and then it's this kind of like desperation or like. If he's, he's wanting help from this person and he's like it seems no one can help me now i'm in too deep there's no way out this time i've really led myself astray and right. you know so it's like setting up this it's like i need some help but i put myself in this horribly like isolated situation with right. no way out I mean, it, I think that's the thing about these songs is like you have this like toxic notion of that you've got to fix me. Like I can't fix myself. But then some glimmer of like, yeah, no, you've done this to yourself. Like these are your own things. Right. It's, like, it's, it's always just like, oh, hey, there, here's a semblance of some sort of acknowledging your own personal toxic traits and what you did and those behaviors that you've done that contribute to that. Right. And, but no, we never quite get down that. Yeah. In fairness, he led himself astray, but then he goes, but no one can help me. Right. So he's like, obviously I need help. And that's a fine, like, that's fine. That's, that happens. And he acknowledges mm-hmm. that he led himself astray and he's depressed. Right now, I'm I'm like I'm kind of on board with him. He, he he does a little bit of some weird shit in the beginning, but like this, no one can help me. I'm in too deep, and I've led myself astray. Is is to me like a pretty relatable way of dealing with depression, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm looking for help. I don't think anyone is there for me, and I don't know how to get out of it. But 
I want to. And then we get into the chorus. chorus. Which, before we get into that, like, this is, I think, we haven't really talked about the music too much. This is all just this kind of just, like, acoustic. Yeah, it's just, like, real acoustic. It's real, like, not too loud. I'm I'm a sensitive guy. Yeah, this is coffee shop rock. Yes, absolutely. Like... You know, this, is classic, reality... this is a classic this is a classic Wonder Wheel band, right? Yes. <laughs> like if if you yes. saw them playing a show, you'd be like, "All right, which one are they going to play first? Yeah, and and the other thing about it too is it's like the none of the other instruments minus one very specific bass riff like later in the song mm-hmm. are necessary for this song. Like it could be just acoustic guitar, singer songwriter stuff. Yes, and the song would not change in any appreciable way. Right. In fact, the rest of the instrumentation, all it does is date the song. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's like no, this was ninety three. You can tell. Yep. You can tell by the way that it's recorded and the way that it's produced. So the chorus, runaway train, never going back. Wrong way on a one-way track. Seems like I should be getting somewhere. Somehow I'm neither here nor there. So this is a very confused <laughs> metaphor. And I get yeah. that depression sometimes feels like a you know runaway train in your mind that you can't stop obsessing over stuff and you feel like you've lost control. So I like that part. I think that's a good, you know, we're, we're ironically enough, we're on the right track. But then the wrong way on a one-way track, okay. But then seems like I should be getting somewhere. Well, it's a runaway train. You do get somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's not the issue. They're moving, but not in the direction you want. Right. And so then he says, I'm neither here nor there. Well, no, you you are here nor there. Like, you're one of those places because it's a runaway train. You're going somewhere. It should be like, I'm a train stalled on the tracks or something like that. Yeah. He wants it both ways. You can't have it both ways. You got to pick your fucking ways. metaphor, bro. Also, also, aren't technically all tracks one way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand well, like there could be a shared track, right. but at no point in time are like on that single track is are is that possible for two? This is a two way track. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's like these trains can they're gonna like metaphysically pass through each other, and everything's gonna be fine, and nobody's gonna die today. Like, and then okay, and of course, have you seen the insanely overwrought music video to this? Uh, of course song. I have. You know so, me in my music videos. Yeah, you love them. You love that shit. So they take the word runaway literally, and the music video is about, like, missing children. But that's yes. not what this song is about at all. Right. right. They just, they're just like, oh, run away. Let's make it a song. Like, let's, you know, these kids running away from home and going missing. And it's like, no, this is about depression and unhealthy coping mechanisms. And this is why I fucking hate music videos. Because if you ask someone who remembers this song... Like, oh, what was this song about? Like, I guarantee you most of them are going to be like, oh, this was about runaway kids. Like, they were, you know, kids running away from home. And no, it fucking wasn't, but the music video was, and so people have just, like, retroactively glommed that meaning onto this song. Yeah. This is what happens with these It's like the fucking Call Me Maybe video, and, you know, that song is about falling in love with a gay person, and it's not. It's not at all. That's not in the lyrics of that song. (laughs) It's not not in the textual analysis. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's the the thing is, like, the music video starts with, like, there's over one million, like, like, missing children in the United States or Uh something like that. Sure. And it shows like pictures of them with their names and how long they've been missing for. Yeah. And then interspersed with like 
these glamour shots of the <laughs> band playing, but then also like interspersed with like issues of like sexual assault on the streets. And I'm like, this, this, yeah. to me, it's like, yes, that is a noble cause to try to raise awareness for. This is not the song this you not do the song that with. No. And it's it almost like, it, yeah, it trivializes the lyrics themselves, right? Because it's like, oh, actually, this song is about all this other weird shit. Like, like everything that's bad about, right? This is a society, what a concept song. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, oh, that's not God. the song, but the but the but, but the, the music, music video. video, yeah, the yeah. music video. The song, the song is love. What a concept! <laughs> yeah, yeah. The song is depression. What a concept! Yeah, but okay. So can you can you help me remember how to smile? And again, Make... can you help me? He is, you know, he is seeking help from the from the person, yeah. right? I will say this: at least he seems mm, like mildly polite about it. Yes, like, he is. is, and I can you do this? Like, yeah, he's coming from a place of desperation because yeah. earlier he says like, "No one's going to be able to help me with this shit," and then it's like, "Can you help me?" He's like, he's seeking solutions, he's seeking answers, and I admire that about him. Yeah, and I, and I think this 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 little uh, stanza is is interesting enough in that it's like, okay, can you help me remember how to smile? Make it somehow all seem worthwhile. How on earth did I get so jaded? Life's mysteries, mystery seems so faded. Yeah. And, and I think like, okay. that that last line is a good line. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I hate, by the way, I hate how on the nose all the rhymes are, right? Smile, worthwhile, jaded, faded. Yeah. But I think that this one works because it's it's sort of like that Goo Goo Dolls song where you're trying to figure out the mystery of your own life, mm-hmm. right? It's like the, it's the detective novel approach to a failed relationship. But... <laughs> But it's like he's so depressed that even that mystery isn't even interesting to him. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like, and that to me is is actually the most Gen X shit we're probably ever going to get in this series. <laughs> is like, ah, the mystery of life. I'm too fucking jaded to want to figure it out. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, this is the one. So, again, this is where we're getting another glimmer of like, okay, this self-reflection of like, how did I get to this point? Right. You know, how do, like... You know, and he's asking for help. I mean, he could easily have just said, help me remember how to smile. Not like, oh, can you help me? Like, no, just do this. Like, you could be commanding right. this person. Yeah. Which is what which is what Goo Goo Dolls guy did, right? Did. In, this, yeah, in exactly. the song before this. Yeah. This guy is at least like, there's the question makes it seem like he's pretty sure that the answer is no. Yes. And I can go where no one else can go. I know what no one else knows. <laughs> that's, the worst, that's the worst shit I've ever heard. <laughs> it's just, and this is the kind of thing that when I hear this stuff is I can only, so a friend of mine recently relayed a story where she went out on a date and the guy literally started reciting some of his own poetry to her. God, that's a fucking nightmare for everybody involved. Yeah, and like it was like she remembered a few of the lines, and it was on par with this. Can I can like, I ask you? Did was this date? Did she go on a date with Shant from uh, Zoe? <laughs> that would be amazing. But no, I I imagine he wanted to be at some point. Yeah, like it just you know for for all all of the all of the people listening, never recite your poetry on a first date to somebody. Yeah, that's like, what's that's called just, a bad look. But just don't fucking do Just a bad do look. Because like, I guarantee you it's it's not good. Like By all means, engage in creative pursuits. Write poetry. Write music. Do whatever you want to do. You know, it's okay to share that you did that. 
that right. you do that, that you enjoy doing that, don't just then put it out there to them. Like not in the first date. Like hi, right. at the very least, you need to you know preserve a little mystery. And the mystery being that you're terrible at poetry. You need to keep that right. to yourself for a little bit longer. I think that even if you're like fucking W.H. Auden, you shouldn't do this, <laughs> right? Like, this is, like, no one should do this. You, like, someone going on a date with Auden and they're like, oh my god, he read me his fucking poems. They're like, how were they? Oh, they were actually really fucking brilliant. But he read me his poems. <laughs> All right. Um, so here I am just drowning in the rain with a ticket for a one- runaway train. <laughs> no idea how you get a ticket for a runaway train. Let alone this is bad. That's it. a bad purchase. That's a bad consumer <laughs> choice that you made right there. That, you should have bought the ticket for the train that's that's well on its way to its destination. Yeah. So this you you know how like when you buy airline tickets and it's like this flight is late. 10% of the time I choose to believe that this is like the train it's like you go to buy the ticket and it's like oh this train runs away 60% yeah. of the time this is, a, this is a runaway train 60% of the time take your chances you're but you're gonna get this ticket at a discounted rate <laughs> yeah so <laughs> so yeah no but okay so like the 90s just feels to me like the most lonely shit ever because Nowadays, you know, we're all fucking depressed, but we can like we have the internet to like figure out that other people are also depressed. Yeah, and it's just like we're some all sort of together. solidarity. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like in the nineties, no one fucking knew. Everyone thought that they were the only person on the planet going through this shit. Which is why he's like, you know, I'm the I can I'm the only one that knows this. I can go where the, right. Like I'm just fucking by myself, lonely, thinking about how terrible everything is. Mm-hmm. And. I really think that that is part of the Gen X psyche is the idea that like in in this sort of neoliberalist heyday post Reagan era, everyone was depressed, but they were also so isolated that it was just like you just always looked inward and it was always about you and your journey bullshit. And that was what you had to deal with. Right. There wasn't any sort of mass outlet for any of that stuff really until like, I guess, until like the anti-globalization protests and shit of the late 90s like most of the early to mid 90s is just like people silently suffering is what it felt like i mean i think that's certainly what it is and i think because so many of these gen xers you know grew up in this place where like they were depressed and alienated and isolated from everybody um who may have felt that who may have also shared those feelings um, they their level of like political activism or engagement with other people is so low, and you know you get this kind of like oh, like well I figured it out on my own or whatever, right. and it's like no you never you never actually did you no you, actually yeah just you just continue you to be just a car- continue to carry that baggage with you yeah, and and it's funny because it's like I feel like a lot of Gen X people sort of look askance at the notion of, you know, mass movements and, like, global change and even just, like, radical structural change, right? The mm-hmm. the, the Gen X people are very... They're a lot less willing to entertain big visionary ideas than younger people, typically. Yeah. Obviously, there's, you know, it's not like everybody is like this, but as a, as a sort of trend... Um, it's a lot more about like technocratic changes and, and yeah. small pragmatic stuff. And I think that a lot of that is based on the idea that every every one of them kind of had to deal with 
their bullshit silently and alone. And there wasn't any sort of, like, there was no network or safety net for any of that. And, in fact, that was what was happening in the 90s, is that we were destroying the dismantling of those yeah yeah and so that's why it's interesting that like he bought a ticket for a runaway train right like even this idea of your depression is a consumer choice right like yeah just fucking you know i'm i've made the decision to immiserate myself it's a consumer choice and that's how you get to like this this welfare queen ideology shit right it's everything's free choice Mm -hmm. everything's a choice Everything is a consumer choice or a lifestyle choice. Your job is a choice. Being poor is a choice. Your depression is a choice. You're choosing to alienate yourself, right? And so if that if everything is a choice, it means we can we can slash the social safety net because people don't actually need it. They can just yeah. choose to not be poor or choose to not, you know, have a a way of of life that that we don't want them to have. Well, shit, even like most recently when when the ACA was in place and people were getting tax penalties if they didn't get mm-hmm. health insurance. And, like I knew tons of people who were like even with the the subsidies, like it was going to cost they were like this is not tenable for me to get health insurance. Like right. I can't afford it. It is like I'm better off not I'm better off paying the tax penalty than I am paying extra money for shitty health insurance. Not even good health insurance just crap yep. health insurance and like you talk to gen Xers, like well they made a choice to not get health insurance right. so they shouldn't be bitching about having to pay more in taxes it's like we would like literally you're asking them to get disaster care that would leave them most likely just as exactly. poor off should they ever use their insurance then if they just go ahead and just try not to go to the hospital or try not to go to the doctor and just pay the tax yep. penalty yeah, so, you know, it's this idea of, you know, oh, like, everything sucks, but it's all our fault. Like, it's, you know, it's 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 all yeah. an individual consumer choice. Because if you can get people to believe that, then they're not going to mobilize in any significant way, right? If you can get exactly. people to believe that everything is based on, on their own individual choices, including their even something as sort of basic as their just mental health, then mm-hmm. there's no way that they're going to push back and fight against the system that's probably the thing that's causing the mental health breakdown, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Because so, yeah. you know why? Everything is cut and dry. <laughs> Day and night, earth, earth and, and sky. sky. Somehow, I just don't believe it. It's like, hey, man, you're onto something. You're getting yep. there. Yep. You're getting there. This dude's like, like, I think that's like the classic depression shit, though, right? Like rejecting the very notion of reality, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm not gonna like even the idea of of day and night, earth and sky, like like fuck that. That isn't even. I can't even believe in that. I can't even get myself to yep. believe in that. That's how jaded I am. I have absolutely no beliefs whatsoever. Right? Yep. This is like this is pure nihilism at this point. Which I think is sort of a classic symptom of depression. When you don't feel oh, yeah. like there's any hope for the future or anything like that, your only choice is nihilism. Your only choice is to reject everything that you know about the way that the world works. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's and I think that's part of what's going on here is, mm-hmm. you know, for this interpretation of just the that everything is cut and dry, and you know he wants to be like oh maybe you know if if we're talking politically it's like yeah there are these gray areas or what have you but i think in this case the the correct interpretation is just because he's dealing with his depression 
that he's starting to doubt the way in which everybody's seeing things or the way the way in which reality works. Mm -hmm. We get back into the chorus. Nothing appreciably changes in this this chorus. Right. Not in this one, but it's gonna it's gonna it's change. gonna change. It's gonna change. So we get into bought a ticket for a runaway train again. Poor consumer choice here. Yeah. Like very, a madman, very bad consumer choice. <laughs> <laughs> like a madman laughing at the rain. I don't understand that imagery. Um, <laughs> it's just ah, the rain. It, that, that that evokes like a very like Joker esque, right? Just like crazy man outside. Burn. Just yeah, want to just want to see the world burn or get <laughs> flooded in the rain or whatever. Or just some sort of like Stanley Kubrick esque like right, singing in the yeah. rain. Yeah, <laughs> same thing. Um, and then I like that oh, it's a little out of touch, touch. a little insane. Like, yeah. I, look, I'm not totally out of touch. Do I agree that day and night are are meaningful concepts? No, but I'm only a little out of touch. Yeah, it's like I I accept everything else. I do accept that the Earth orbits the sun, <laughs> right. and there is some sort of night and day cycle, but <laughs> but not quite. Yeah, not quite the way that it's being relayed to me. You know, it's just, as he puts it, just easier than dealing with the pain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so self-destruction is the preference that he's making here, right? Yes. Like, it's that, you know, you know that Creeps song where he's like, maybe my life's a waste, maybe it's mine for wasting? That's kind of what this reminds me of. It's like, look, this is, you know, this is, my life sucks, but it's mine, so fuck off. I can do what I want with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'd rather go insane than to deal with the pain of, of whatever this society is that's immiserating me. Hey, I I can understand that. Conditioned to self-interest with emotion locked away, if that's what they call normal, then I'd rather be insane. I think is what he's trying to say here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get into the where the final chorus where it does change towards the end. And he's like, runaway yes. train, never coming back. Runaway train, tearing up the track. Tearing up the track. Tearing up the track. Well, runaway... if it's a runaway train, isn't it actually a good thing that it's tearing up the track? Yeah, you would hope so. Yeah, you'd want it to do that. And then it might, Especially it might if, it's this, if, it, if it's a runaway train that keeps keeps running away 60 to 70% of the time. <laughs> right. You really don't want other people to buy tickets for this anymore. Yeah. Like, they need, this something really... needs to be fixed. This is... What was it? Is it the the uh, is it an Adorno quote where he's like, actually, revolution is not a runaway train; it's the application of the emergency brake. Yes. Is that Adorno or is that I, is that Walter Benjamin? I forget who who gives us that one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a uh, it's it's Benjamin. So, but yeah, that's that's what I think that he's trying to get at. He's he's prefiguring a revolutionary attitude <laughs> there, there it is. He's, he's 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 building the he's fostering the flames of revolution yeah because um, society is the runaway train right yeah. because society what a concept society what and, a concept man and so, so society is the runaway train and then you know he's choosing the application of the emergency mm-hmm. break which is the uh, revolutionary path of just like you know he's You're just going to buy a ticket. Have fun with it. Yeah. Runaway train burning in my veins. (laughs) Is this a drug thing? Is he like, I think, I think he's shooting the runaway train into his veins. Like, yeah, he's he's shooting. That would be my guess. I mean, it would make sense because everything was about heroin at this point in time. That's true. Every 90s song is seriously, secretly about heroin. Yeah. Um, Runaway, but it always seems the same. Always seems the same. 
you run away can't you know you can run for your problems but there ain't no place that far (laughs) (laughs) i wonder how many times we're gonna say that throughout this series (laughs) every single song is essentially you can run away from your problems but there ain't no place that far that's a good one that's a good one (laughs) so darren yeah runaway train by soul asylum does it slap and this is another border one for me, but I would I think that I'm gonna say no. I think it's yeah. just a little too flimsy, you know? Yeah. Like you listen to it and you're just like, this is kinda like I remember this when I was a kid, right? I was like ten when this song came out mm-hmm. and I remember really li- and like really thinking it was meaningful as like a ten year old, like, oh my god. These you know these kids are running away from home. Like I was watching the music video, didn't oh, yeah, have any yeah, idea yeah. what he was really talking about. So I think that there's still like a part of me that when I listen to this song, I feel that that kind of nostalgia for it, right? Sure. Like it it really does kind of recall an era of my childhood that I have fond feelings for, but not because the song is good or because what they're doing is any good. It's just like it happens to be something that I related to as a kid sure. because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. So, but now as a as an adult listening to this song, it's pretty fucking cringy. Yeah. It's, you know, like there's a lot of it that's just like, oh, that's really embarrassing. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna go. No, it doesn't slap. Yeah. No, that's a. It's also gonna be a hard no for me. It's just like there's it, the runaway train metaphor. Like it, it seems like there's one aspect of it that I think that is the second half of the song seems to lean into the runaway train metaphor. And what I think is that maybe that second half of the song, or these are two different songs slapped together with a chorus. Yeah. And so it's like, there's not like a unified notion of like, originally it's like him dealing with his issues and like potentially somebody is going to help him or he's going to demand help of somebody. And then it's just kind of just, like talking about his own insanity and depression and what yeah he almost you. like gets carried away in the metaphor towards the yeah. end right like he's like actually the metaphor is more interesting than whatever i was saying yeah so i'm just gonna follow that to its weird logical conclusion sure and like if you just would have done the whole song that way i think it would have been better um i think it would have been what if you would have chosen one if you would have picked like this is two people trying to navigate and negotiate some mental illness together right. But it feels like a runaway train. I mean, the whole thing of like the a, a a blowtorch and he's with a firefly without a light. Right. Like that's a cool, interesting dynamic. He just wasn't smart enough to go. Oh, I see what I'm going with here. Yeah. Right? Like he didn't pick up on the implications of his own similes. Exactly. And so you end up with a song that I think is is such a mess from start <laughs> to finish. It is, a and mess. and it just isn't like musically interesting in any way. So I'm going to say Runaway Train does not slap. Our Cool Guy Rock series continues with 3AM by Matchbox 20. You can find Does It Slap on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, shit, just about everywhere. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends and give us a five-star rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. The reviews will help other people find the podcast. In your review, feel free to tell us what song you want us to give the slap treatment. Who knows? We might just add your favorite song to the slap canon. Follow us on Twitter at Does It Slap Pod. Our theme music is provided by the patron saints of slap, 
New Junk City. Find a link to their band camp down in the episode description. Our cover art is done by Jeremy Hammond. Find him on Twitter at Jeremy Thunder. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Boom. 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 Boom.